Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works with David and Mark. Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works with David and Mark. Well, today we're talking about Learning to Breathe, which is Switchfoot's third album released in 2000. How's it going, Mark? Hey, it's going pretty well. This wasn't the first album that I'd listened to for Switchfoot. For me, it was the sec- the previous album, New Way to Be Human. Uh, when did you first hear them? I first heard them around uh, probably 96 or whenever their first album came out. The Legend of Chin. <laughs> Did you hear about them uh, like just as a local San Diego group or how did you hear them? Yeah, for me, I have been listening to some like albums like uh, back in the day, we'd go to, you know, the Christian record store and listen to sample albums on CDs. So at least as kind of on the tail end of that, their album was on a Christian music sampler called Wow. Oh yeah, nice. Back in the day. So that was their second album in uh, 2000. Was it Company Car? Company Car, was that the No, they, they did the title track, New Way to Be Human. Yeah, at least checked out the album from hearing that one song and then bought it. And I was like, oh, they're San Diego bands, cool. And then I'd been able to see them live while they're still, you know, relatively small group with the second album. And, you yeah. know, on this third album, they're starting to, make some progress but they're still pretty small uh how did you first hear their first album i first heard it um from my sister uh, my sister had a good friend one of her best friends from middle school and high school went down to san diego to ucsd uh, and then was dating the drummer chad butler at the time so he handed us um i, I think i don't know if it was like a copy of the move of the the first album or if it was um, like a mixtape, just like that he handed. But um, anyways, um, she she did end up marrying marrying Chad, um, the the drummer. And uh, I think I heard it on like a houseboat trip, a youth youth trip that my sister played it. And then after that trip, actually, I went home and I listened to it a, a bit, quite a bit more. Um, but I, I thought I didn't think they were gonna do anything. I, like I thought it was really cool and unique, but I, <laughs> I didn't expect them to. Uh, have you know a, a career that would last well over 20 years yeah the first two albums are definitely at kind of a lo-fi rock um which i didn't really notice as much until listen, coming back and listening to these three albums after i've really heard their career so the first it seemed you know just like rock with pop elements but this is is kind of you know minimalist kind of guitar kind of feel quite a difference between I'd say their first three albums, and then when they hit mainstream success with the following albums. Yeah. Like the one song that carries over from album three to album four isn't too different, but... They started to be produced differently <laughs> at some point. Uh, in some ways, I, I actually personally prefer their their er, earlier lo-fi or quirky quirky sound, and sometimes I think the it's like overly produced. But I think the that they're 
like yeah they're they, they sound much more polished <laughs> they've become and as a band they're just so much better now though they're a professional band now and back then they were like good but not quite like a professional band <laughs> yeah i'd say that i think it was definitely yeah more polished sound better arranged songs and things like that until i really gave this a lesson i'd say i didn't have a preference between the earlier and later stuff and i think i do prefer the later stuff at least you know something like albums four through six the newest albums haven't resonated with me as well but even though this their sound and feel isn't also the same they expanded from three members to five, you know, mm-hmm. over a couple albums. One of the funny things about that, uh, I remember uh, I saw them around the time on their second album, I think it was. I met them. My my This is the only time I've really met them and talked to them. I've talked to them like once after, but th- this time they played a little small church show. And then I remember going to a little small Christian bookstore where the, the band members were given free CDs. And I, re- I remember one of them, uh, I think Timmy, they called him Timmy. He was in high school then. He got uh, one of the, the CDs he chose was Fold Zandura. And uh, the, one of the guitarists who uh, who ended up joining them, the keyboardist, was um, Jerome, who was in Fold Zandura back in the day. I remember him getting that free CD for this, his later bandmate. Ended up seeing them live a bunch, including around this album time and before it. I think I saw them a few times in 2000, 2001. Well, the last time I officially saw them live was 2010, but then they did a free concert, online concert, you know, just a few months ago that I saw. I, I did go and see them at their surfing festival slash concert thing that they organized. Oh, nice. You've so been think, to Bro-Am. Yeah, Bro-Am was 2014, I think. Feels recent, but obviously that's a while ago. First couple of times I saw them, like they were at the headliners. I think they're still still pretty successful, even with the one album, Beautiful Letdown being the most popular release. Yeah, Beautiful Letdown with the Mandy Moore tie-in <laughs> uh, around that time. And then they also, I thought the the following album, they had um, like M- plays on M- uh, MTV. Nothing is sound. Mm-hmm. Well, Stars got 68 on the Billboard 100. This is your life was thirty six. Dare you to move was six. The re-release of Dare You to Move. Yeah, they'll go on hiatus, and they'll they'll announce that they're going on hiatus, and then five months later, like we're releasing a new album next month. <laughs> like, and then and John Foreman, like their lead singer, like the band will go on hiatus, and he'll write like two solo solo albums in the meantime. They're just they're just constantly constantly making music even if they're not pushing it to the big wide public they it seems like it seems like they're they're just fervent and just professional keep that this is what they do they just keep going at it yeah it could be the just a change in nature of cd sales they hit the top of the christian charts each years and then they they're still we're selling less cds each time you know, beautiful letdown sold two and a half million, and then learning to breathe, which we're talking about, sold five hundred thousand, hmm. somewhere between five hundred thousand and a million. We don't have exact numbers. And same thing with nothing is sound, which was the following. After the success of beautiful letdown, they released a three CD set of their first three albums. I'd already 
had the three albums separately. That collection sold 500,000 copies. Oh, wow. It def That definitely outsold the first two albums individually. It's possible it could have actually outsold the, the original release of Learning to Breathe. And then now I think if you look online, like sometimes you see the albums listed individually and then sometimes you'll see them like in this package still. Like if you go on streaming services or other elsewhere, yeah. try to buy them. It was a nice collection. I think if, yeah, and if you're looking to buy the physical album, I'd suggest buying the 3D set. You actually get all three booklets. They probably could have fit it on two CDs if they wanted to, but they probably could have put it in one giant booklet, but they kind of preserve the integrity of the separate albums. Cool. I'm glad they did that. I think they're pretty distinct. This was also nominated for Grammy for Best Rock Gospel Elm, which mm-hmm. that category is later renamed to Best Contemporary Christian Music Elm, you know, for education. <laughs> yeah. I think that was neat. They actually won it in 2011 for Hello Hurricane. Dare You to Move, the first song on this. It wasn't actually their single in that the re-recording of the single, like I think it was, became their third single on the album. <laughs> Which at the time was always weird to me. I still actually like this 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 first uh, Learning to Breathe version because uh, it kind of set the tone for the album. And I think musically, like the mix of it fits pretty well here. Even though it's a low, like the, the re-remix was like, had some more, way more power and probably actually matches like if you see them live and they'll play like the... Um, the beautiful letdown version where it's really powerful but i like this as an introduction to this album and i like it as a first track i think it's a really good first track i think it is a really good first track and same thing i i slightly prefer this version better and okay cool in the jars of clay episode we talked about the uh walk to remember movie um uh-huh, yeah you know i kind of issues with it with the movie overall um but I think the song fits in really well um, in the movie and it feels like a highlight. Of course, it's hard to tell because cool. I was already a fan of the song and the band. So yeah, hard to know um, how I would have liked it outside of that. But I think it, you know, I, I definitely like that moment. Um, mm-hmm. So later, you know, they, they ended up doing two music videos of, of this um when they went back um and you know they both seem kind of low budget just kind of or lower budget you know mostly concentrating on the performances um one of them's mm-hmm. like about a skater and one of them's about a surfer <laughs> uh, the guy the nice thing about that though is that at least like genuinely fits the band members like early on in their career they were like they were sponsored by reef um you know the shoes and um you know, they were like genuinely good. They still are genuinely good surfers. Yeah. More recently, they've made a surf documentary. It's definitely part of their culture. And here, and here they are as people. It's like, it's a natural fit. So yeah. them, them as surfers and skateboarders is, is, it's not, it's not something they're trying to push on top of, on top of like their image. It's something that no. comes with who they are. Everything you said on that, like the Beach Boys were, weren't like actually didn't surf. So my dad surfs in North County, San Diego, and he's yeah. he said he's run into John Foreman a couple times surfing. Um, yeah, cool. Or at least 
I think out on the waves, but also kind of like the parking lot and stuff like that. Um, I did run into the foreman's dad also surfs and he's a pastor at the North Coast Calvary. Calvary Chapel. Yeah. I, I remember like the one music video from their first album was basically them taking a camcorder to the beach. Might as well, right? Yeah. We've done it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I like some of the lines on this. Welcome to the planet. Welcome to existence. There's a gap between who you are and who you could be. It is really good on being inspirational. And that's kind of, I think, the main thing that Switchfoot is. There's a hint of like like the Garden of Eden versus the the fall the fall of man you know the fall of mankind after that since the Garden of Eden longing for the garden or longing for the tree of life. Do you think that's what they mean by like today never happened? More of like so like the following line of uh, between how it is and how it should be. Today never happened. I thought that was like you know like live today choose to live today. You know. Do you think it's like starting over, like you haven't made a mistake? Choose to live. How you should now, I guess. Still vague territory. Well, it does transition really well into the next song. It's Good Morning, Fresh Beginning. This um, one's definitely about the regrets. I enjoy the transition. It still ends up being enough that it works as a as a separate song. Kind of works how like live songs, sometimes you'll put the songs together. It crosses over really well. I like that bass line too on Learning to Breathe. Do, 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 do. My brother was in a serious car accident. This and The Beautiful Letdown were, were two albums that we, he listened to a lot after he was in the serious car accident. Uh, he was in a, hit by a drunk driver and was in the hospital basically 40 days, including some of the rehab. This album brought for our family kind of, he started thinking about it in like kind of a new way after that because he literally, you know, he was on a chest breathing, getting fluid out of his lungs and that he had to learn how to breathe again so that's kind of it's kind of an interesting image for me i also kind of think about like uh, in a strange way i don't know if this makes sense to you but um like in the matrix you know when neo um like takes the the, the pill so where he re realizes that where he was is and he he's like he's like learning to see and he's learning to breathe for the first time i think this is the intention of the song is that there's like a spiritual, like learning to breathe in the, in the spirit, possibly. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's great. I don't really have um, much to add on the lyrics from that. Like it's just uh, like talking about starting over. And I think that's how you're born again as a new believer. So you have to learn how to do things. Already Take Me There, kind of a different sound for the album. And certainly it's, it's a bit of a transition from song two to song three this was their single from the album yeah it's the rockiest i like it lyrically kind of as um i'm assuming it's talking to god and like you already take me there you're like you go ahead of me yeah. you know you go you go before me in the path uh, there's a line heaven in the here and now so maybe like uh, god goes before and... and i think that yeah the heaven in the here and now is talking about peace here on earth like it's not just waiting for heaven talk about like how the kingdom of heaven is bringing a just fair world now on earth god's reign over every human being i think i had gotten like a free cd i went to some skate competition and someone was passing out free cds with a variety of songs and there was it was like a bunch of punk songs and stuff like that and like this was this song was actually on it and <laughs> nice. i kind of laughed at it like i'd already heard this album 
separately and i was like i think the people that'll check out the band from this like might be disappointed i mean this is their punkiest yeah song on the album i like i like i love the album i love the sound on the album this is the, the only song that's really punk i enjoy the music video for this it's it's obviously lower budget i think it's a it's a fun video they all go skydiving all these fans show up like with signs and stuff like it's a concert then you see the instruments like set up for them and on the ground you know drum sets nice. guitar ramps and stuff like that and then what's obviously mannequins hit the ground <laughs> and yeah and then it cuts to the fans looking shocked and then the band members get up and start playing um, uh, okay <laughs> so and they're not really trying to fool anyone but it was just kind of a funny thing i don't think it has really has any deeper message or anything but it was kind of a fun moment that would be pretty impressive to skydive directly onto a stage yeah I've never been skydiving myself, but if I were to go, yeah, I'd just be happy to land on the ground alive. <laughs> I mean, or, or without any broken bones. I mean, I've done skydiving once, and it was so it was fun. You pull up like and do the parachute like way in advance. You know, you're not going to an exact spot; it's an open field. And, like I like the lines, "You forgive me where I am." People are along different places on their spiritual journey. God can work from where you are god works to meet people um even when they're not believers going on to love is a movement so even though already take me there is like more of a rock song i think the transition out of it isn't too jarring like there's enough rock in it that it works yeah the choruses are um love is the movement are like have enough energy and weird effects on his vocals and and some like funky sounds coming out i like the bass on this song too when I was younger, I liked it, especially like, you know, driving around L.A. And I kind of imagine John Foreman, um, like spending some time in L.A. And this is my interpretation of it, but like trying to get some acclaim or something, you know. Uh, and then with the, but like if there's, there's not really necessarily like sincerity. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but then, but then, yeah, then the song's kind of like longing for like true like true love in the midst of um you know like the rat race and the like the showy image image centered it's kind of a contradiction everyone is moving fast and people are everyone's rushing at everything and stuff like this but then it's talking about you know everyone is frozen yeah there's some there's some strange terms in it and it's kind of it's kind of really vague <laughs> um Oh, I also like like I I both like it if you're like a believer and you understand what redemption really is, I think it's good. But where he says this is redemption, I think it's possible to like easily misinterpret this song and think that like Christianity is just about like loving people because like loving people is part of it, but there's a lot more to to loving God and loving others. There's a lot to that. It's not just yeah. love. There's obedience too. No, I'd agree on that. Yeah. I don't think they're mentioning Jesus. Though they did say in this song, they said God gave his life to put motion inside my soul. Oh, yeah, that's good. Talking about the, the sacrifice at least. Yeah, the songs aren't really talking about believing in Jesus. I think it works on two levels. Just have this as an inspirational song, or you can have it as an inspirational song for believers. I, I do really like the you know, the stars are alive. They dance to the music. Yeah, that's cool. 
it definitely reminds me like that you know the heavens declare the works of the lord it's been that very poetic and you know god putting things in order you know creation genesis and actually personally i prefer this that moment too than the whole of the song stars when i look at the stars <laughs> um like uh, yeah that little moment i i yeah the, with the heavens declare that the, that idea i like that in the song i mean i, I really like the song stars um yeah it's a cool song kind of, they both work going on to paparazzi I think this was kind of a fan favorite. They've had several songs that have returned to like the theme of this song too. Some very characteristics of LA and they're talking about the flashy photographers and everybody living in the moment. But then it's like, Jesus says, you know, about gaining the whole world, but losing your soul. I think that was Yeshua. What would a prophet a man to gain the whole world and they forfeit his soul. Yeah, he mentions Nirvana by name. <laughs> this, is a, this is a tune for the late Nirvana, the teen spirit rock and roll. After this album, he started looking more like Kurt Cobain. <laughs> hair. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, after this one, they still had shorter hair. Yeah. Everybody in the band. He started growing out his, his hair and stuff like that. And, and even though, you know, Kurt Cobain only lived to 27, John wasn't that old yet. Yeah, he was probably 24, 25, right? According to the Mandy Moore song. I think it was like the big thing with the hair, you know. It's like ironic. He, I think he got more of the looks of Kurt Cobain like once he grew his hair out. Yeah, it's talking about like how pop won't leave you alone. Like being hard to turn tune out the, the world. And like the way he delivers the vocal line has kind of got a little fray to it. Stuck in my head. Pop will never leave you alone. Stuck in my head. And then I also like the guitar coming back. Like they jam on guitar for a bit. And then the next song, Innocence Again. I like that as a title. This is their close, it seems like the closest to talking about forgiveness and the gospel and grace. They mention grace. Grace is high and low. What do they mean by that line? So I think a little bit of like John the Baptist. Like there's a prophecy about John the Baptist making the the bringing the mountains low and the, bringing the valleys high, leveling the the ground. Whether you're at the depths of like neediness or if you're feeling high and mighty, you still need God's grace. Everybody needs Yeshua, no matter if you're like rich or poor. And also we like in our own lives, we have high times and low times. There's grace for the high times and, and low times. Yeah, grace is, is efficiency. You know, talking about like how your grace is enough. Starting the day in, in no man's land. I'm not quite sure what that is. It's kind of nice that you know, the lyrics aren't all straightforward. Playing for keeps. I'm not quite sure what the theme is on this. I mean, I guess playing for keeps is like talking about like you know the goal of heaven. I like the song a lot, actually. It's it's really catchy. So a little kind of confusing, but I, I like that. I'm playing for keeps. There's the he who dies with the most toys still dies <laughs> like you don't get to keep your toys <laughs> you know after you die so if you're playing for keeps you know you're maybe you're 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 sticking on for you know eternity i think that's what he's like because i think i'm holding on there are a lot of questions in here where it says like would you tell me when to let go would you do it for me it could be maybe a love song instead of that instead of the like the spiritual interpretation that you and i t took away from it <laughs> i'm not i don't know i think the first five songs or 
are really strong and then the last half isn't quite as strong like they're so catchy like the next song the loser um like i can think of like the kind of some hooks or or parts of the chorus on that and the kind of the idea that we were talking about with heaven uh, with the like the lyrics this kind of follows up that well where he's like i've got a contract pending on eternity if I haven't already given it away, I've got a plan to lose it all. You could interpret that as like, take up your cross. Or, and then also like um, this, the Beatitudes from the Sermon on the Mount, where basically in this case, blessed are the losers. They've got uh, nothing to prove. <laughs> They'll leave the world with nothing to lose. I'll turn the other cheek to be hit. Yeah, which is definitely that's from the scriptures. So it's like a catchy song, but it's a little slower paced lower fi i would imagine like if they re-recorded this song now then they would be like a much more rocking you know like with like a big old powerful like keyboards and drums and bass like really electronic and massive sound economy of mercy the music still is a little boring for me i would normally skip this song um but there there's some nice uh, lyrics and saying you can lose yourself either in planning for tomorrow or you lose yourself in only planning for today it's like carbon shells we did not paint ourselves to get the carbon shells being bodies you know that we live in and i guess uh-huh. that we did not paint ourselves is talking about how god created us yeah there's that i like the uh and the scars that mark your skin in the currency of grace is where my song begins. Kind of makes me think of Yeshua after after the cross. The broke, bruised and broken masterpieces, but we did not paint ourselves. I think they've they've come back to that, and they've done it better than like more recent albums. Their album like two albums ago now, where the light shines through. The the, the light shines through. Basically, it's the idea of like we are um, broken people. The light shines through through our cracks. God's uh, God's mercy and God's grace shines through and and like uh, restores you know restores us where where we are you know bruised and broken masterpieces you know like on your own that's not really that great but it's, it's the master worker yeah uh, you knew my name when the world was made was definitely a reference to the psalm uh, Psalm one thirty nine you created my innermost being you knit me together in my uh, mother's womb. Your eyes saw my informed body. All my days ordained for me were written in, in your book before mm-hmm. what it came to be. Yeah, so I think that, uh, yeah. that matches with the erosion. I think maybe I liked it the first couple times I, I listened to it, but I don't really care as much for the for the song hooks and, and the way it's sung. Yeah, for me, this is like, I sometimes like it and sometimes really don't like it. Uh, the one part I do tend to like is the like the little interlude at the towards the end, where it says, "Oh erosion, would you wash away my sins? Oh erosion, I need a second shot again. Oh erosion, would you break my heart again?" The imagery is cool, but um, but that's the only part of the song that I like it, and it's like only like a little ten second. <laughs> that's the only part I you like always like. Most of the the hooks I don't like. I, I'm kind of <laughs> the same way. <laughs> I mean, I think they definitely do a lot of metaphor-heavy songs. I think this was maybe a little too much on the metaphor. Not quite sure the rain is a bad reminder of everything I don't want to know. I can see like rain is like a cleansing thing. And 
you know, there's rain being positive and rain being negative. The the writers changing his opinion, like it's like oh, the rain the rain is bad, but then it turns out that it's good, or it could be two conflicting views on it. Yes, too many, there are too many mixed metaphors in the song. I mean, you're an appropriate person to critique this, but uh, it sounds like somebody from San Diego writing a song about rain. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Because yeah. uh, San, San Diego is really funny when it comes to rain. He's later asking, would, would you wash away my soul? Um, but he's like, rain is a bad reminder. And like, like the lyrics are not clear. I do like the final song, uh, Living is Simple. Would you say it's an Eastern guitar influence on that? Sounds about right. They say it's gra- living is simple. It's gravity. Gravity isn't so hard. They later had an album called Oh Gravity. Hard to keep things together. There's some lines in here. Is this fiction or d- divine comedy? Living is dying. Your mercy. That's how I believe. Confessing my needs again. There's some good moments. I for me this song a little bit uh, kind of drags on, but it's it's a nice closer though, and I really like the outro. I think it sounds. Ver- like distinctly switchfoot with like the the weird background vocals there are a few times on this album when they have like some sound no other band sounds like that only switchfoot sounds like this the outro does kind of go on for a bit especially because they you know there aren't a ton of lyrics on this like the all will be made well is quoting a christian theologian it seems like it's something i'd heard before but i didn't necessarily know from where who's the theologian it was dame julian of norwich julian of norwich okay yeah. i think it was kind of interesting that he said divine comedy like what dante's inferno is you know but it is like comedy is an irony when the last the last finished first you know like the difference between a comedy and a tragedy right is the end is in the ending like a good comedy, there's a lot of mishaps in the middle, but then at the end, there's like, a, you know, it ends with like a marriage and love. If you think about heaven, you know, there's a lot of tragedy before you get to the end of Revelation, right? <laughs> there's but, but the end is like the marriage feast of the, you know, the lamb and all that. There's the, um, you know, the, the Lord and, uh, and the believers or you know, the king is made king. Like the very end of the very end of the, the story is good john foreman apparently designed the artwork um not no. quite sure what the if there's an extra meaning on that it it always kind of remind me of the members faces are replaced with tvs and then there's a tv in the background like i think it's a excellent album it works best as a full album yeah i agree it actually flows possibly uh, as well as or better than any other other albums yeah so we're facebook.com slash messianic media messianic media at gmail.com give us some feedback um maybe discuss some switchfoot albums in the future hope you have a good day well thanks for listening thank you for listening to the messianic media podcast a discussion of messianic christian and secular artistic works